Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Good evening and welcome everybody back to another Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I am your host, Adam Cousins, and I'm joined tonight by my colleague and one fourth now of our of our eight-man, an eight-man team now we've got here. He's back from his holiday. He's rested up. He's rested up after the kids threw him around the beach for a little while. Dave Robinson, good evening to you. Good to see you, man. The team continues to grow. It does. It grows at a phenomenal rate. But tonight is all about buckle up. Our show with Ignite. We are nearly two weeks away from this event. They have just dropped a teaser out. So if you haven't already seen it, check on the socials. It's something that's big. It's an announcement that's going to be on the show. I am not telling you what it is. You'll have to come and see for yourself. But tonight, uh, our guest is taking on Tommy Lawrence. And we all know that Tommy was on a couple of weeks ago. Had his say, it's now time for his opponent to say, the ULT, Josh Spicer. Good evening. How are we doing? All good? We are good, Josh. Thank you for joining us. So two and a bit weeks away now from our event with Ignite at Buckle Up. I saw you yes. a couple of weeks ago at Jurassic Pro Wrestling, uh, Prime Wednesday. Yes, you did, yeah. I was there in all my glory. So was the missus doing the socials. But for the Ignite fans, for people that may not be, have never seen you before, tell us about you. Where did it start? How did you start trading and who was your idols growing up? <clears throat> so for me, it started, I've, it gets a bit fuzzy, but it's, it's around 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, I think actually quite, quite similar to, to Tommy himself, actually, which, uh, which is something I found out about him. So that was quite, quite nice to know that we've been going a similar amount of time. Uh, but no, about 20, 2013, 2014, up in um, Peterborough for a small promotion who, that doesn't run anymore called Full House Wrestling. Okay. Um, and I was initially sort of trained by um, one Farron Hussey, who, again, I'm not really around anymore. I saw that after COVID with a lot of things, a lot of places sort of packed in during that time, which is a big shame, unfortunately. But I had sort of, I'm sort of started training about 17, 18. I had a I would say about two, three years of, of sort of, you know, maybe about a year of training before I got onto shows. Then there was maybe about two, three years of of, of, of on shows, in-ring competition, that sort of thing. Then I had sort of uh, had to take a break for, for a good two years or so, just for, for medical issues, personal issues like that. Um, had two shows back after I came back from that, and then COVID happened. So I had, unfortunately not my choice but I had a good four-year break from that period so although I started almost you know eight nine years ago now it hasn't all been you know smooth sailing the entire time certainly doesn't seem that way (laughs) no not at all yeah and obviously no one could really predict what happened with the the pandemic so it was a bit of a shame definitely oh no I was gonna say since then sort of following up from that I sort of buckled down a bit more I like in like in between that break and uh in uh, in between that break in COVID, I had a I had a, a short stint of training up in Leicester with Joe Connors. Okay. Obviously, you know, former NXT UK yep. player, like one of the like for me at least from how long I've been watching the British scene, he's easily one of the you know the staples. He is one of the the, the head figures of it. Um. Then I started training, sort of just after lockdown. I say sort of the first September after lockdown, started yep. training at Square One in Stevenage. And really since then it's it's been you know 
green light go. It's, it's, it's all, all, all full steam ahead from there, sort of. I really count last year as my first. Like I said, while I've, I've been around since for a bit, I'd really only count last year as my first full proper year, like seriously getting into, into wrestling. Because that was really the first year where I had consistent amount of shows. I probably I think I, I had the most shows I'd ever have wrestled that year. I think actually it worked out that the shows I had in that year were more than all the other shows I'd had previously combined. So it really took off at like in quite a nice way. Sure. And since this year, it's it's really been been just as good as if not better. I mean, I've had several more debuts than than the last year, and it, the work keeps coming in consistently, which you know is is the, the dream for everyone it's been brilliant that's good you can't knock the work or the hustle as they say in these absolutely you know, as the kids would say nowadays um josh tell us when you're growing up when you were growing up and, and you got into wrestling or when you got into wrestling who was the people that who was the actual wrestlers or organizations you looked up to so really for, for me getting into it i think I, I found with a lot of people sort of i've come to know is my first real expert like i probably had it before but my first real exposure to wrestling that got me actually into being a wrestling fan was was like SmackDown versus Raw, the games. Because at the time yeah. as a kid, I probably wasn't that big into wrestling, but I think it only took like, you know, after school going around a friend's house one time, he showed me this game that I, like, I, I knew about wrestling. But I didn't really know about it. And I, from there, hooked. Just yeah. just that, that's all it took. Well, you see, me and Dave are slightly older than you, Josh, you know. Yeah, we, maybe just a bit. Just slightly, and our... And I'll, uh, I'll, well, childhood or teenage years was the Attitude Era. Yes, yeah. So we we were in, but Dave was more of a WCW fan, wasn't you, Dave? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I was a big WCW guy back in the day. That was a long time before you started watching, watching though, Josh, from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think really about my, my sort of dip in was about 2006 or so, when I'm, I must have been, I was about nine, I think. Cool. And cool. It, it really sort of started that sort of, I wouldn't necessarily call it like the ruthless, like it was sort of the tail end of like the ruthless yeah. aggression, where they sort of, they were sort of about like verging on like the TV fourteen like rating, not quite just before the PG era sort of thing. Yeah. So really, like, for how me, much it was, do like, you go back to Josh? How much when you're when you're kind of, I don't know, whether it's part of your training, I suppose, or as part of what you do to prepare yourself inside and outside of the ring is there anything that you go back to online obviously with the wwe network and youtube you've got unlimited access to pretty yeah. much all the wrestling of all time is there anything that is before the era you started watching that really interests you i mean i for the most part like i can't claim to be like an expert on it or anything like that but a lot of sort of recommendations and stuff i get to recommended to watch is sort of you're your sort of i'd say late 80s early 90s sort of like all japan and, and all those sort of bits where yeah. even like New Japan, I feel like it came into its its own a bit in the last maybe like decade or so. So that's where I, a, a lot of my knowledge of that sort of wrestling comes from. But definitely from recommendations from trains and stuff like that, it's always been things like older Japanese stuff. Because like if you go back and look at it, it is you know decades ahead of its time in in, a, in yeah. an era where it really like when the the boom of wrestling was sort of the attitude era where it was for the most part the re I feel like the reason it was so mainstream is because the entertainment part of it was was sort of what picked up with it you know because like you all the stuff they got away with that sort of thing but <laughs> the wrestling itself from like the japanese era would like it's million times ahead of itself from the time it was around it's ridiculous and there's so much you can go back and take from there that you can bring into you know a modern show today and it wouldn't look out of place at all 
No, exactly that. Is that um, is that where your character's based on? Then a bit of new stuff from Japan. So yeah, I I lot of uh, from pretty much, pretty much as as far back as I remember. I mean, it started started with stuff like you know Pokemon and stuff like that. A lot of all my, I tend to gravitate towards around a lot of like Japanese influences, and for the the character itself, the sort of the the aesthetic I go for is very much based on a um sort of a cyberpunk aesthetic. So it's all like the games and the stuff and like. So one of my favorite films of all time is is Akira, the like the the old sort of like nineties uh, anime, and that is again anime based is heavily Japanese influenced. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Yeah, definitely, definitely seems that there's so many contrasting styles nowadays. Mm. If you could pick, I don't know. Let's ask, let's ask a random wrestling question at this point, just to get the, get the feelers sorted out. If you could pick three three wrestlers. Uh, not necessarily on the circuit, but three wrestlers either that you've seen, that you've watched when you were, you know, training or anything like that, to go in the ring. So it's Fatal 4-Way. It's you and three others. Who's it going to be? And what is, what the event is it going to be? So what is the pay-per-view going to be? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think, so for, for me, my my biggest background from, from that sort of era or like when I first started getting into it, I, I was obviously... For the longest period, sort of the two, three years after I got into it, it was WWE. But then I uh, I, I quickly snapped and became, I was a huge TNA kid. I, mm-hmm. I loved, and that's, again, a lot of my influences come from TNA. Um, so I would, if it was a fatal four-way, i say the first pick definitely is my all-time favourite wrestler is Chris Saban. Brilliant. <clears throat> and then leading on from that, the only you know, the clear way for me to go is uh, then Alex Shelley. Yeah, a huge, like a huge, huge machine guns fan. So I feel you, like um, that can. What do you make of that now? Because they're now two. Well, Alex Shelley's the Impact Champion. Uh, Saban's now the, you know, the exactly. It's like I've I've been keeping up with TNA sort of maybe the last year or so because it's I think it's definitely sort of coming into its own again now. It's sort of, I think, for me the the twilight era of TNA was you know those those sort of two thousand and six to sort of two thousand and ten, maybe sort of early sort of Hogan era was where it really started dipping I feel for like from a lot of people uh, and then obviously they had all the issues with like you know GFW and Anthem and all the, yeah. that fun stuff uh, but yeah I feel like it's really coming into his own now and it's sort of like it has a good reflection of acknowledging the past of TNA with obviously the current champions and stuff like that but also had doing a really good job of sort of bringing new people into the fold but also not relying necessarily on the uh, sort of what's popular and stuff like that which i feel like was a big trend of tna to get sort of you know the the recently released guys yeah. and all that sort of thing which they, they do to an extent and i feel like for me at least i, I could definitely do without sort of the, the pop-ups from people like bully ray and tommy dreamer like um, i don't really care for that sort of thing interesting which, although bully ray just cut one of the best promos ever the other week with me that's the thing like i, <laughs> I feel like i can I'm, i don't get me wrong he's brilliant and I, I can absolutely respect what he's done and where he's come from but I feel like TNA is doing a good job at the moment of sort of, while well, saying that two of their champions are older guys that they've had around, I feel like they're doing a good job of pushing towards sort of the newer rather than relying as much on the old. Yeah. Who would be the fourth man in or, or woman in that match with you then, Josh? So I think if it was purely for, for Ingring style and people who were infamous, the fourth person would absolutely be Chris Brooks. Okay. I know Chris. So from purely the Brick Rare side of, of things, he is almost by far my, my biggest influence but not only how he wrestles and how he portrays and how he, he brings himself but also the journey he's taken of 
thought of going to Japan, but not necessarily, you know, New Japan, because for me, New Japan is great, but I much prefer like sort of the fringe stuff like DDT and like, you know, Big Japan and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's, that links quite nicely as to my next question, to be honest. Is that something that ultimately you would like to do yourself? How how much is wrestling in terms of a big part of your life? Do you really want to progress and get to that next level? And would there be an opportunity for you to perhaps do that? Should things line up? Yeah, I th- for, for the most part, I think, yes, last year was really sort of like the the make or break. Not necessarily the, you know, I... I I'd already had a career that was worth keeping, but it was like, right, I'll, I'll put my effort into it, see what comes of it. And if, if sort of the effort I put in is then, you know, I get that out of it, then maybe it's something from pursuing. And really it has been. And this year has even, you know, amplified that even more. But for me, definitely, I think if I had a career goal at the moment for like a very end career goal would definitely be sort of some form of regular sort of, uh, I guess like, working in japan for definitely but also i feel like the alternatives now are so more available with obviously wwe not being just the one big sort of english speaking promotion you've got like you know your AEWs and as i say like impact and stuff like that but i think for me since since again so much of my influences and so much of sort of the the stuff i consume is japanese based it would japan like without a doubt japan would be like the no-brainer i suppose you having chris as your kind of inspiration and somebody whose career you've followed and that gives you a lot of uh, of hope and encouragement that you could do something mm, similar. Definitely, for sure. Um, it, it was quite nice because I just before the pandemic, and unfortunately now they're, they're not around mm. anymore. But they, Chris himself, did a seminar at um, a Good Wrestling, and really, I, I must have chewed his ear off for like half an hour just chatting. Um, but yeah, it, it's really really nice to see. And I think he, he's there's also the, the sort of path he took. I think for originally, and I might be wrong. But he was only meant to be out there for like a month or so on like a tour. Yeah. But then COVID happened. And yeah. now he's been over there for like three or four years. Well, I, I'm not 100% on the facts of the story. But from what I gather, he kind of got stuck there. But it was mm. the best thing that could have happened to him. Yes. Yeah. Japan has always been the place where he wanted to go. He's not been a massive WWE guy growing up. Yeah, so, you know, one of the one one thing I suppose off the back of the pandemic for him personally, it actually it actually worked out quite well, even being stuck in Japan. And I think that's sort of what because again, we're regularly working with places like DDT, and he has he promotes his own shows occasionally, like the the shows they've done sort of um, with Trucker Pro, or the, um, I think he's he's done some some shows with with Drew Parker, where it's it's in a bar, there's no ring, just in a bar with a couple yeah. of mats, and for me with with stuff like that in DDT, like that's the stuff that, like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, Osprey Omega the other week was, you know, sensational match. But I, for me at least in my head, moments stick out more. So a good six star wrestler match is also going to be great. But you know, when you scroll through Twitter and you see like a couple of wrestlers in a field like wrestling with an elephant, you know, like <laughs> what that's what for me sticks out more. And like. Even stuff like when he first went over there and they did like a, a battle royal, but it was in a swimming pool, like a swimming center. And there's just yeah. a gif of him doing a figure four leg lock on another guy going down a water slide. Like yeah, that's, stuff, that, that's yeah. the stuff that really like sort of I enjoy about wrestling. I think that it's such a, a wide sort of art form that you can you can have that silly bollocks and no and people are like, Yeah, that makes sense because it's wrestling. Of course it makes sense. Yeah. So that, that, that's that's always my 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 thing about wrestling. I always think it can be 
as fun as you want it to be. And for the most part, obviously you, you have your naysayers about that sort of thing. But I, for me, that's as enjoyable as it can get for, for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. It is. Going back to your training quickly, Josh, before we move on yes. to some more, some more games, what was the thing that took you by surprise the most when you were training? I mean, I've, I trained for four weeks. Uh, with yeah. Uh, and it was a simple body slam that told me, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Like, even if I wanted to, yeah, like, I, love yeah. it. I, I would just concentrate on watching it on the TV, going to watch it in the States and, and doing this that I'm doing now. What was it for you that was there? Was there one particular thing that you were like, holy shit, that hurt more than what you should have done? <laughs> oh, like, all the time. Like, the one thing I remember thing that sucked the most was sort of with, with taking your first four bumps is, is remember sort of your, your main thing is your breathing. Yeah. So if you're, you're just about to take a slam and you've just taken a big, like, inhalation of air you get slammed the wind gets driven out of you that yeah. is a terrible feeling is <laughs> is on like you'll see it happen like it's happened to me like it happens every every now and then and you'll see in a match clearly like there'll be a difference between someone taking a slam and you know selling the back and that there'll be another clear difference of someone who's just been winded because they're very much not selling the wrestling they're selling oh shit like i'm, I'm struggling <laughs> to breathe at the moment but i i don't know what it is and i feel like for for a lot of people who are who stuck with it, I was just think that something is is inherently wrong with these people, like me included. <laughs> like there was nothing really that made me go, "Oh no, this this sucks." And like, like yeah, there was never anything that really clicked. And I was like, oh, I think I just loved it so much that there wasn't one thing that could particularly deter me from doing it. No, that's fair. As I say, body slam for me, I was done. Thank you very much. Oh, don't go wrong. That makes you way smarter than half the people you don't get <laughs> yeah. it wrong at all mom was running the ropes as simple as that sounds and you probably That's, can in, like man in fact no you now that you say that yeah i remember i the um so at the time the ring that we were training we'd, we'd only be able to do it at the end we'd train every week and every week would be on bats and the last session would be uh we in a ring every month and at the time the ring that we used was one of the best rings in the country because the, the the owner farm he would be at the time, he was doing the ring for progress. He would be up and down the country doing the ring for pretty much everyone before most promoters got their own rings. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 moment you hit the ropes and you're like, this is way harder than like you think. You know, you expect them to be like elasticated almost, but no, you hit them. It's almost like a brick wall sometimes. It's, yeah. And I just remember having for weeks and weeks after, I would just have these massive red marks along my back. And yeah. I think I've, I've genuinely still got some marks permanently on my back from from how like stiff these ropes were. Like, yeah, they, they're no joke. The ropes. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Tell you um, one thing I would say, just sorry, no, just in trouble, just what I would say when I was at Jurassic like, a couple of weeks ago with Primal Instincts and you were there, that ring was naff hard. It sounded a lot harder. <laughs> you say that though, Brett's ring is arguably one of the nicest rings. Is it the, really? Yeah, genuinely, <laughs> it's it's quite comfortable. But wow. you you do genuinely you you turn up sometimes you turn up to a venue and a lot of the times you you sort of the first question you'll ask the first person you see who you know it's like unless you know you're like okay whose ring is it and it will very but that can sometimes indicate how the day is going to go because yeah. some some rings don't give an inch but some rings are quite <laughs> comfortable to to fall in. I Josh, just, I'll, I'll go in. I'll go in. I just heard it and I was like, Jesus, that's uh, banking. Go on, go on, Dave. Go on. Yeah, Josh. Obviously, you you alluded to earlier off the back of covid there's been a real kind of boom in in mm. wrestling worldwide um 
and definitely in the UK. Have you noticed that at the training centres now? Has there been a big influx of, of perhaps younger people, children, or people that haven't done it for a while coming back to it because of how well wrestling's doing in the world right now? I definitely said, I feel like there are more, for when I was around, for when I started training, the, the, the main reason for me was, was where I went is purely because it was half an hour down the road, which was quite quite fortunate for me because I feel like for a lot of people back sort of 2013, 2014, for the most part, you'd have to go upwards of an hour to get to somewhere to train. Whereas now I feel like the availability, like for, for where I'm based sort of in Cambridgeshire area, like there still aren't a huge amount of options for me. Square one is probably the closest. There probably are a few, maybe a bit closer, but that's even then it's like an hour drive to, to Hitch and Stevenage. But even then from then towards London area, you've got places like Hustle, you've got Catch 22, then up in like, you know, Wales, you've got New Wave. There's all sorts around now. And I've noticed a lot more sort of in the, um, especially at Square One, because I'm there fairly regularly, you, you do notice sort of almost, you almost get classes that come in waves, like sort of, um, I'll, I'll notice sort of the beginners classes, you know, every maybe couple of weeks, I'll be filled with completely new people just because there's almost a, a, so many people coming in, at least, you know, either whether they're just dipping their toes in or they're like, cool, I want to be a wrestler. There's there's so many more people, I feel like, that like when I was training back in the day, we sort of have, there was five regular people that, you know, would be there every week. Then maybe once every two, three months, a new person would pop in. And yeah. maybe only one of the four people that we saw new from the, that period would stick. So yeah, I feel like there's way more people coming through now wanting to at least give it a go than there was before. And I think that's mainly because of the availability and sort of, I guess, how professional it is now. Because yeah. for me back then, it was we paid £15 a week and we would uh, we'd be in a sports hall with some mats. And then, like I said, we were lucky enough to have the, 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 the guy who ran it he had his own ring, which was like, oh, cool, that's, that's brilliant. But for the most places, it would be on mats. And now looking back to where I used to train to where I have now with Square One, it has its own facility with gym facilities, all that stuff. I know Catch-22 is similar. You've got a ring that's permanently there. You can always just book in time to go in, which for me back then, that was unheard of to have a place that always yeah. has a ring set up to, to, to try in. And I feel like because it's so much more ahead of itself now, I feel like there's so many more better facilities that you can use and try it that it makes it way more sort of enticing to be able to, to come to. Yeah, I think with awesome. the uh, with the ad with the, with the addition of so many more end goals, as you say, WWE, AEW, Impact, NWA. There's so much more to. You don't have to have a particular style or a particular look. You just got to have something. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like <clears throat> the 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 boom sort of like I definitely feel sort of the just before COVID really Brit rest is probably it was in its peak, and I don't think it's quite got back there yet, but. Mm. For me, at least, the, the the more sort of promotions pop up, the more people get eyes on sort of, oh, you know, there's wrestling pretty much in every sort of local area. I mean, for me, obviously, as much as, you know, you, you were a kid and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to be a wrestler, I want to be a wrestler. For me, it was one one uh, one evening in, in Huntingdon, which is about 15 minutes from me, um, what used to be Southside Wrestling, which is now part of RevPro, they were just running a, town, a show in a hall and... The, you know, you had the people on this card. The, this card was full of people that would be like the main events now. I remember sort of one or two names you can't mention now, but um, people like RJ Singh and like people like that on these shows. And it took me because I would go regularly with my dad to these to these sort of Southside shows, and it maybe took one or two shows. I was like, well, 
these guys are wrestling sort of every month. This is sort of a regular thing for them. So it's not just what's on TV that's about that you can sort of get involved in. And then once I started training and realized there were so many more places like Southside that were around, it was like, oh, there's this entire world that you like was completely unknown to me at, at the time. But now it's sort of like the, the background of, of what I started, what, what I was watching at that, at that period. And are there more opportunities now, Josh, as well, in terms of uh, companies where you can get regular work every weekend? You know, is that and in turn, does that kind of drive up the earning potential for wrestlers as well? Absolutely. Yeah, like absolutely. For sure. There are so many places like almost it seems weekly that I'm learning about a new place that sort of, oh, there's a show over there or there's a show over there. Sort of. It, it makes it way more enticing to know that the opportunities are available sort of thing that. For me, back in back when I first started training, because I was young, I didn't drive and sort of I didn't really know about how to network and that sort of thing. I would yeah. only wrestle once every two months for my my home promotion, and that was it. Yeah. Whereas now, sort of last year was predominantly shows with UBW. Sort of now is my home promotion, but since then, towards the end of last year, I I got more opportunities with Sacrifice in Bedford, who are great sort of um uh what's the word charity based organization they put on brilliant shows and they get a lot of the top guys from from all over who are willing to come down so it's been quite nice because i've been able to wrestle people who i wouldn't probably expect to wrestle sort of from my area because i like a couple of weeks ago i got to work with um act two the yeah. uh nuxton and um benjamin who are two of the best in the country but i yes. probably wouldn't have had that opportunity without places like sacrifice and now sort of through becoming really good friends with Alex Echo, I've had chances at, at Jurassic like with yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Um, and since then, yeah, like the opportunities are so much more available. Um, and even probably the one that sticks out for me the most is earlier this year, I had a had a, uh, a match in a uh, tidal up in Huddersfield, which yeah. for me, Huddersfield, that like, that's the other side of the world. Like I would yeah. never have thought I'd like this early sort of into the, uh, the return to to my wrestling, I would have, I would never thought I'd be up, up in Huddersfield, sort of within like the second year of getting back into wrestling, which still boggles me for, for the most part. Is <laughs> it's it just shows that the opportunities are there, and sometimes it, it takes like, it's a lot of hard work. Sort of, you know, sometimes you might message someone and be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm about I'm not being like, oh hey, give me a give me a match. I'm like, oh, I'll come down and I'll help with the ring and all that, you know. The, the yeah. classic stuff of, of, of grafting forex. I'm, I very much come from a place of back when I was younger, I would always have so almost social anxiety of, of wanting to message promoters and stuff like that. Because I, for me, at least it seems very disingenuous. Obviously everyone wants to wrestle and everyone wants to get paid. But for me, for the most part, it can seem to me at least disingenuous to be like, hi, here's my footage, book me. Yeah. For me, I, yeah. I, I I'm very much a, a. I'll message a promoter, and I'll first thing I'll be like is, "Hi, can I come help out?" Won't even mention my footage. Won't even mention bookings or anything like that. I just just want to get a foot in the door, say hi, and that sort of thing. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's opportunities have come of that sort of thing as well. So it, they they are there. It's awesome. just the work that goes into it. Exactly. Yeah, it's really encouraging to know if any young wrestlers or anybody thinking about giving it a go that there is that um, you know progression oh, available. And I, th I feel like a, a big example. So for me, while I I saw this, like I said, I started in 2014. Um, and that really, I think that time, there was probably a lot less opportunities. Obviously, it didn't help myself with sort of the networking thing. But since I've been at Square One, there's been a handful of people 
that I've uh, I've almost while they started sort of around sort of they've only been wrestling for a couple of years and the main people that that sticks out to me are people like Adonis Payne, Artemis, Harrison yeah. Leon, who I know you've had on there, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, Tony Sin. Yeah. There were four people that I'm quite close with that have all started. I would say a lot of them probably only started about two years ago. But the level that they're working at already and the opportunities that they have available is, for me, I almost look at them and be like, oh, back in my day, we didn't have that. <laughs> you know, I'm almost jealous of, of what they've got now because it, it's taken me a couple of years for that. Definitely. Speaking of matches, I've just yes. been scrolling through Twitter um, and Ultimate British Wrestling, the week before Buckle Up, have just announced your match, funnily enough. Oh, yes. Yeah, they have, haven't they? <laughs> Against Jackson Hart. Um, you'll be going on Saturday, July 15th. So please try not to hurt yourself too much as we, we do. Yeah, need... <laughs> I know that it's almost a, quite a bit of a, a, a um, almost a testing match because I know I know Jackson's already qualified for the um, yeah. breakout. So I feel like I've got almost two weeks in a row, I've got something to prove. You, you know, I, I've got I've got a, got a match against someone who's already qualified, and then I've got my own match against someone to qualify. So you do. Busy, we'll, busy week there, busy week. It's going to be a busy week for you. We'll get on to um, Tommy in a minute. But first, let's, before we wind up and get on to Tommy, let's play our last few games. So, Go for first it. game for is it. a word association game. Dave knows this very well. We play it with a lot of our, our guests. So I'll give you, or Dave will give you as well, a name of a wrestler. And you tell us who, what is the first word Words or phrase that comes into your head when Z name gets mentioned. I'm going to right. throw the first name over to you, Dave. <clears throat> oh, well, I think we spent a bit of time talking about him, so we've got to go with Chris Brooks as the first name I'll throw at you, Josh. I would say for Chris Brooks, creative. There you go. I'm oh. going to go TNA original AJ Styles. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. I would say. Okay. Like the yeah. fourth, I feel like he was, he was the forefront of what the new era of of wrestler that was about. He is sort of the the, the blueprint for that. Yeah, Dave. Okada. Ooh. I would generational. I'm not even going to go with Japanese names because if you listen to our AEW review, me and Japanese names do not get along. Oh, it's it's taken me a bit to, <laughs> to to sort of get a hang of it of being like. For for the one big one for me was the fact you had um, two Tanahashi's, yeah, like Hiromu, yeah. and I was, I, that confused me to no end. The one that gets me every week at the moment is Takeshita. Takeshita, yeah, you're getting better, mate. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you got it there. Yeah, they'll yeah. throw another name out in a couple of weeks, and I'll just be hitting my head on the table. Um, the next one for me, I think you mentioned him already, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Oh, oh, it seems a cop out, but I, I want to say sort of revolutionary as well in that same mold as, as AJ Styles of sort of. Well, he obviously, I feel like he, his praises don't get sung on the mainstream as much as someone like AJ Styles. I feel like again, he is, you know, you go back and you look at not only his TNA work but his Ring of Honor work, his PWG work from the early two thousands. He's he's sort of helped make that blueprint for for what wrestling is now. Like you know, you know, two decades ahead of his time, sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Dave, one more from you before we do the random wrestling question. Oh, I've got two if you don't mind. Go yeah, go, uh, go, go. First, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have a word, but I would uh, for, for, okay, the best phrase I'd use is the best technical wrestler. Cool. I and I don't use... mean that in a sense of 
he can do the moves really good. I feel like of all the technical wrestlers that you can watch, he makes technical wrestling entertaining to watch. Because mm-hmm. I I enjoy technical wrestling, but he he takes it to a different level to where you're you're con- you're almost constantly watching and seeing how he moves and stuff like that. And you have to say people like Gresham, Jonathan Gresham, who yeah. is undoubtedly really good in his right, but I don't think he makes the technical wrestling as entertaining as Zach. No. And I I think for for me at least, Zach is he's probably in my my top five all time for for just wrestlers because I think he's he is that good at what he does. Zach, for me, well, I'll always say this now. Every week, it will be orange bollocks because that's what he calls. Yeah, wrestling. and that's my my favorite. As much as I love Zach's wrestling, my favorite thing. I can't remember which G one it was, uh, but it was it was when we had the um the elections going on, and pretty much after every G one match after he lost, he would you know he would cut a, a quick bit on the opponent he just lost, but then he would spend about a good five minutes just ranting about Boris Johnson. <laughs> and, they were the funniest sort of like two minute video. Like every week you'd get a new one because the G1 was going on and they were the yeah. funniest things to watch just because he would just lose his nut for two minutes. Completely nothing to do with wrestling, but it was, it was really entertaining to watch. I, I know he's had a phenomenal career, but I, mm. I'm glad that people are seeing like a wider audience are seeing it now that he's on national television yes. in America. Yeah, It's it's almost as a, as a fan, it's rewarding to see of like, you know, like I, said, I mentioned, sort of the, the the like the the I got into Brit Rest around 2014 to sort of see him go from, you know, wrestling in a hall with, with 30 people to now, you know, singles champion in New Japan is 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 ridiculous. You know, like on on rest, you know, American pay per views like regularly stuff like that. It's it's really nice to see, and it's almost it's I want to say inspirational because it, it is, but also you have to take into account that. Someone like Zach is above even the best that are coming up now. Like he, he is one of those people you look at and go, not only is he really good, but he is something special as well as. Yeah, cool. it's a great answer, man. Last one, well, you got one, Ad? No, no, I was going to say your last name. Go. Yeah, last one. Just a guy that's getting a lot of uh, glowing reviews in the UK, and he's been over to America. Uh, Michael Oku. Oh yeah, I mean, I would say. Probably, if not one of the top three in the country at the moment. Yeah, we are. I think he's he's got that sort of. I I, I've watched him. You know, I've watched his matches every now and then. But I was um, helping Ring Crew at the not the one that just went this Friday, but the the last uh, Riot Cabaret show. Yeah, and he had a match with um, Callum Newman, and they they were cut for time, so it was only like a seven eight minute match, but. It, like it still sticks out as one of the best matches I've seen recently. It was ridiculous, and I think the the, the Riot Cabaret show prior, he had a match with Robbie X, which was again just phenomenal. I think uh, he is one of of the best in the scene right now, like without a doubt. And he's someone I look at, I like because not only he has the the single leg crab, which is one of my favorite submission moves. So I every time I look at it, I'm, I'm almost a bit of justification for the single leg crab because it's a great <laughs> yeah. move. It is is indeed right. Let us move on. So this is random wrestling questions. This will just be in my head. I'm just thinking of a few. I'm going to start with what is your favorite? So we do a top 10 series on this show, on this show. Okay. And we have, we've got, we've done a few. We've got untold more to come. One of the ones that caused a lot of uh, contention within our ranks, Dave, you're lucky to still be here. Um, What is the, what is your favorite wrestling finishing move? Oh, 
So the the one that pops to head immediately is the package power driver. Yeah. Because <clears throat> my sort of, I feel like my golden period for wrestling was sort of the 2014 era, sort yep. of just as black and gold NXT was getting started, but mm-hmm. almost you would have the, at the time you'd have PWG shows, which was almost pretty much NXT before NXT, all the guys on there. Um, if not that, then definitely uh, the awful waffle, Chuck Taylor's yes. uh, Omega Driver. Because for me, in the early periods of, of sort of getting my wrestling was when I sort of hedged out of WWE, I was very much watching TNA. But then it was also just finding all these little American indies on YouTube. Like mainly the thing that got me back into wrestling sort of after, you know, that period of when you're at school where wrestling's, yeah. you know, not cool sort of thing. What got me back into it was actually... Um, on YouTube was deathmatch uh, music videos. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of, of deathmatch wrestling. But because of that, I then sort of branched into like early CZW and you would have like the, you know, the best of the super juniors, they did their own. And you would have all these like guys who are now in AEW and in WWE. And always it just stuck out was the, uh, the awful waffle by Chuck Taylor. Cause you know how we'd pop them up and then just almost spike them down. It, it yeah. always stuck out my head as such a brutal finisher. It is. It absolutely is. Um, your fa- this, this is not necessarily a favourite pay-per-view. Well, it's called favourite pay-per-view, but it's not necessarily a favourite pay-per-view because the matches. It's like, if you could go to any pay-per-view, what would it be? So, for example, mine's the Royal Rumble I'm going in January. So, so do you mean just in general? A- yeah. So, if someone yeah. said to you, you get a opportunity, you can, go, you can fly next year to wherever you want to go to watch one pay-per-view. Here's a free okay. ticket. Here's a free ticket. Okay, so not like uh, if you go back in time and go no, to no, 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 like no. that sort of thing. So, um, I would, oh, I would, yeah, it would probably rumble for me. Yeah, I can't wait until January. I'm just waiting yeah. for the announcement as to where it's going to be. I, I feel like my my immediate one would be all in, but I'm already going to that. So. Me too. We yeah, are. so I'd, I'd definitely say uh, sort of rumble or mania. It has to be one of those two. Okay. What did you make of the talk about WrestleMania in the UK, Josh? I so I was watching watching Money in the Bank, and it was one of those things where I had the opportunity to go, but I was like, oh, I'm I've already spent the tickets on All In, so I'm not gonna, you know, yeah. spend more than I need. And yeah, I, I literally I was like, I wasn't fussed about going, but as soon as Cena came out, I was like, oh, I've missed it. I've my son <laughs> to see my... Cena in in person would have been made my life. My lad was on the barricade, like because um, we were sitting. Probably about seven, eight. I, yes, I think I saw the pictures you posted. Of yeah. Where you were. So obviously you got Cody up in front of him. Literally, Cody literally walked over to him and stood up on the back. But I'll never forget because I wasn't doing the barricade bit. It was my girlfriend and my son. And yeah. I was sitting there on chair because I'd already heard that there was a segment planned for about the mid part. And no, like, it was Grayson Waller eventually. Mm. And when his music hit, I turned to look at my son, and that's the face. But you know when you say, and Dave, you can say that when you when your kid pulls that face, that you will never that, that he knows he's never going to forget it, or she knows that they're never going to forget yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that was the face that he pulled, and I just went, I wish I had my camera ready. <laughs> yeah, was, that was the one that I wish I'd got. But yeah, seen as uh, don't was, get me wrong, I would I would probably be pulling the exact same face. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> a lot of people were. Yeah, I, I've gone. I've I've gone through that stage of people my age of you know, as a kid, Cena was the best. As a teenager, hated Cena, but now, as like sort of you know mid twenties, I'm like, okay, I just can't not respect him. I liked for all he's done. Marmite yeah. relationship with me, I loved. Yeah, him. loved him, hated him. 
Then I realised he supported Tottenham, and I was like, well, okay, I need to like you now. <laughs> and then I met him um, WrestleMania 26, 7. Um, yeah. I booed him when I walked up to him for a laugh, just because that was what it is, and he laughed as well. Then we then we talked Tottenham for a while, and then that was... Uh, I like, But I, I've always respected him. It's just been Yeah, like, I, I feel like since... I think since, not only that, but since wrestling as well, I've sort of come to respect like the, the fact he's had such a long career yeah <clears throat> as as a wrestler i can respect that more than you know someone who's you know maybe had a shorter career but maybe had better matches yeah sort of thing you exactly. know i can really respect the longevity of what he's done and how is he's well not necessarily stayed favorable the entire time to a lot of people he has also always been a talking point he has he's been, never yeah. really faded into the background but and whether that be because you know he's been pushed to the moon by whatever corporations behind him or whatever but i feel like he's always been relevant since whenever Certainly. Last question before we move on to your opponent. Uh, oh, sorry, as well, because I sort of skirted the question of about the manager itself and I started talking about Cena. Yeah. Um, I would love him. I think Money in the Bank only proved that the UK crowds are the best crowds, like, without a doubt. Yeah, I think, right. absolute. I because it's always about more the politics behind it, rather, because I think if they if they could do it without any sort of risk, they'd have done it by now. Yeah, yeah, my my thing is quite simple. The, the WWE get ha, you have to bid for it. Yeah, and they're already up to twenty twenty five. Exactly. It's like even if we did get it, it's not going to be for another couple of years. But I think a I think AEW using Wembley was a nice little touch. That's paper it. To be, I almost, I almost think that the WWE doing Clash of the Castle was enough for AEW to go. Oh, we could do Wembley. And now yeah. that AEW have done Wembley, I almost feel like that's enough to where WWE potentially could go. But I, from what I, I never really like to get into the rumors of anything. But from what I was, I've, I've, I've picked up because you know, Twitter is Twitter, and nothing is yeah. real on Twitter. No. That the, uh, the segment was not scripted at all. No, it wasn't scripted. No. Yeah. So that, that's a, you know, see, I seen there's definitely one of those guys that will just sort of go and say what he wants. So it's stuff. also not the first time he said it either. Exactly. Yeah. So it's always got to take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, it just proved to me how, how important it is to have competition in wrestling yeah. or in anything else. You know, it just brings out the best out of every promotion and well, every athlete. With anything, I think wrestling in particular, it's it's always the the adage of you know rising tide raises all ships. Like the competition, absolutely, there should be competition there. But when you get the thing I, I hate about Twitter is the tribalism of like, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm way over it at this point. But I I feel like if you like, you've got two massive companies now that are putting on regular wrestling that's like to each to its own is is good. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I I can't see how you like. Don't get me wrong. I probably have a preference to AEW at the moment, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I like AEW. WWE should go out of business because yeah. Yeah, we exactly. we saw we've we've seen what happens when there's only one predominant company, and sometimes WWE for itself has, within the last two decades, it has has almost droughts of that have lasted years long of just really being stale and boring. And like that, I feel like that comes of when you have a top dog. That really, when there's no nothing to challenge that, it can be a bit. They they get a bit monotonous and a bit in their own routine, sort of stuff like that. Yeah, Definitely. well, we, we love all wrestling, all wrestling promotions on mm. it, and we love yeah. you talking about it as well. But we yeah. totally understand what you mean about the tribalism. There's a, yeah. there's plenty of room for banter, exactly. Yeah, just nastiness or you know tribalism. It's it's not really. Hopefully, we, we can yeah. work on that as a as a fandom. You know. Yeah, exactly. That. Mm. Final Absolutely. thing before we move on to Tommy, 
Uh, your favorite wrestling entrance music. So I, it's not necessarily my favorite, but I feel like the the almost the like the scientific answer is Edge. I think that yeah, that yeah, is yeah. equivalently Love the it. best theme. I feel yeah. like because it hits all the notes of it's first of all it's just a good song. Yeah, is has its recognizable so almost like Sting. You know, like it's, it has the the glass break. The, the, yeah. the you think you know me. The if you can yeah. smell, it has. There's one of those. It's instantly noticeable. Um, but for me, for for my music tastes, I feel like I really enjoyed a lot of sort of the the 2014 era of ROH themes that I I feel like I, I think the guy was called Adam Massacre that did them, but like um Kevin Steen had a great ring yep. uh, entrance music. The Briscoes still have a really good one. Um, Adam Cole's. Obviously, he's had really good ones since then, but yeah. his um, I've Got Something For You was one of my favourite songs just to listen to. I love that. Um, but I would say overall, and the one that sort of, I, I at the moment, my absolute favourite is The Guns from AEW. Yeah. yeah. I love that song. They need to make it Many Men, though. I, I did like the Many Men one, to be fair, <laughs> but I, I don't know what it is about this. I think just because my music taste sort of fits, you know, I'm... I'm, yeah. I'm I'm about sort of the synth wave and stuff like that. It, it, it you know, it scratches something. But I would say if if one stuck out immediately in my head, and I feel like because the entrance goes along with it, is um, is Naito's from from New Japan. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick for uh for how it goes. But yeah, sort of, you know, uh, like sort of Ring of Honor 2014, a lot of those, but also like 2007 WWE, like you know, I it, I feel like it's a forgotten one at this point. But Mr. Kennedy's first Brilliant. one. Brilliant. Turn up the trouble is a banger. Yeah, yeah, so um, good. Just out of Dave, we was in, we was in. Me and Andy, the other co-host, was in the Money in the Bank shop at the O2. And your favourite wrestling theme? Come on, Brood. They did. They played the Brood. They did, they did indeed. The brood, right. that, yeah, another yeah. good one. Le- I I feel like it, it gets memed on a bit, but I really like Sheamus's original theme. Oh, written yeah. in stars. Was it written in a face? Written in my face, wasn't it? Was written in my face. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a. That, oh, that's one of my. And then I feel like. Again, more because the entrance goes with it is Batista's as well. Oh, brilliant. Pyro can't not do so the, the, the firework machine guns. I, I was right next to that once. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, love it. Amazing. Um, anyway, let's move on. Buckle up. Let's finish up. Buckle up. Yes. 23rd of July. Oh, I hope I got it. Yes, I did get the date right. I see yeah. you filming. Um, Tommy Lawrence, he had his say on you. Yeah. Uh, now time for you to respond, Josh. Really, I've. Do you know what? I was looking forward to this buckle up just just purely because I feel like it was been it would have been a good competitive match, but I I maybe because he's got something he, he feels he needs to prove or obviously you know with 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 it being sort of the breakout sort of thing that he's coming with a bit of a almost a nasty attitude about it which you know if if that's what he needs to convince himself that sort of that's what he's to prove but for me watching the interview a, a lot of it. He, he was he was taking all these shots, but he wasn't really saying it with his chest. No. I think it was there's a lot of uh, oh look at me, look how strong, look how fast. But so he wasn't didn't seem very confident either to me. And I, I feel like that's almost well, yes, because don't get me wrong, you know, he's a strong lad, he's a fast lad, he's bigger than me, he's he's a handsome lad as well. Doesn't I mean, I I probably haven't beat on hair. I'll give I'll I'll say that. I lose that one all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you would as well. But, that's that's what almost disappoints me to a point that I was really looking forward to a nice competitive match and he sort of almost I feel like he's projecting his insecurities a bit, you know? I feel like he's he's sort of like he's really got something to prove and he's just gone a bit nasty about it. 
Maybe. It so, could also be because he seems everywhere he goes, he seems to get put in these sort of breakout like Jurassic Pro's another one he was in. He's in the I can't for the life of me remember the name of the tournament, but he's the, in that, the Indominus. That, thank you. He's in the Indominus tournament there. He's in the breakout for Ignite. Maybe he feels a bit like he's better than that. <clears throat> well, I mean, I could say the same thing. I I my match with, with Ted that Rain got added to, which <laughs> you know. That was an indominus match, and I could look at look back at it and be like, "Oh, you know, I've been wrestling longer than both Rain and Ted, so I'm like, well, I'm above this." But realistically, I'm not above any of it. I feel like if if the opportunity is coming, I should take it as it is, sort of thing. Like, I I, I could I could easily say is like, "Oh no, I should go ahead the the breakout division. I've, I've just come off of a a 300 t- a day title reign at UBW. In fact, yeah. I lost it last night, which is like I'm coming <laughs> off with something to prove." Yeah. But, you know, I could I could throw all these words, I could I could shout all these names, and I could you know I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, you're you're skinny, you're fat, you wear a t-shirt, blah blah blah. But words are cheap when it comes to it, really. It's all that matters when that bell goes. Exactly, and like I, I for how long I've been around, I've seen a, a million Tommy Lawrences. He is the next copy paste Will Osprey wannabe. <laughs> like nice. And and that's all I can really say. So like I I can respect him as an athlete. I think he's a very very good wrestler. But if he's going to start throwing stuff around like that, then all I can really say is that you know come twenty third, hope that he can back up what he's saying. Really, Josh, okay. um, going to put you on the spot a little bit. There's a Go few tickets it. left. There's not many left. So if anybody's watching this and they were thinking might get a ticket. Um, what would you say to convince them to in regards to your match and in terms to, with to the event overall? Well, in terms of my match, I think again, regardless of what Tommy wants to say about how weirdly better he thinks he is than me, I think we're going to, regardless of that, regardless of any animosity he's coming in with, I think we're going to have a competitive match, regardless of if he thinks he's going to beat me in a couple minutes or whatever. But in terms of the the show itself, buckle up, it's something I've been saying to people since since I, I was a. Uh, I was booked for it that for me at least looking at the card and that this doesn't throw any shade on any shows I've been on before but this is genuinely one of the most stacked cards I've ever been on to where the point where every time someone new got added I was like you know this like already had something to prove in the breakout breakout scene but now you know you, you've got like say you Michael Oko on there Charles Crowley you know fucking Corey McRae's on there like the amount of talent on that card alone is ridiculous like Genuinely, I don't think I've seen a stacked card I've ever been on since I've been been wrestling. It is insane the amount of talent that you can get in just a local scene. And I feel like if anyone who, who knows wrestling or knows the scene looks at that card, it should be a no-brainer. But to anyone that doesn't necessarily know wrestling and is on, on the fence about it, I think if you look at that and you think you come in with an open mind of, I might see something really cool here, I guarantee you will see something good there. I think, I think with it's... the... The talent that's on that card, you it, it's impossible not to for, for it to be one of the best shows of the year without I think a doubt. It's twofold. I think it's going to be a great standalone show with a lot of talent on, but it's also going to be an opportunity to see some wrestlers that will go on to have really big, successful careers. And Absolutely. hopefully, Josh, you're, you're one of those guys as well. As, I mean, you, you couldn't say it better. I mean, you've got people on there like for me, you've got people like Crowley who's on there who has, has been sort of one of the, the standouts of the last couple of years. Like I said, you've got Oku who's on there. Yeah. You've got Corey McRae on there. And then for me personally, someone who I know very well, you've got Artemis on there, who is yeah. only in her second year. And like I couldn't be proud of her how how far she's come in that short time. She is she's breaking down doors almost every week at this point. She's wrestling more than most people I know. 
Same with someone like Aluna Blue. I, in fact, I was on the show with her yesterday and she was telling about how how busy she is at the moment. When I saw the last time I saw her was a year ago where she was maybe only doing one or two shows, like yeah. telling me how 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 busy she is now with wrestling. It's, it's amazing to see that these good people are getting their opportunities and they're getting the uh, the sort of the time to show how good they are and how hard they've worked for these sort of things. So I think, yeah. like I said, you look at that card and you can't see a bad match on there. Um, Millie, um, Eluna was down, they said in the, in the Midlands a few weeks ago, wrestling Millie McKenzie, you know, mm. who was formerly signed at WWE. So it just goes to show, as you say, if Eluna wasn't doing too many shows and in the short period of time, she seems to be on every show I see advertised for the UK. Absolutely. And it, like, it's one of those, it's like, it's one of those things where it's a testament to hard work pays off. Yeah. Because I know she's one of those people that's been working her ass. Same with Artemis. She's been one of those people that's worked her ass off for it. And it's, it's come to show that the opportunities are now coming. Same with pretty much everyone on that card. Everyone is just really working their ass off for it at the moment. And it's come to show. And I think it's really going to show when people actually get in the ring that you're, you're not going to get a better show for a good period. So I think everyone on that card has just got something to show and something to prove. They do. And what a way to end it with that plug right there. So go and get those few remaining tickets, people. Come and see us. Exactly. I I wouldn't have said it if I didn't mean it. Exactly. And of course, me, Dave, Andy, Rachel, Fiona, the Buckle Up crew will all be there to come and say hello uh, as well. So come and say hello to us. Come and say hello to them. But for this evening, he has been Josh Spicer. He has been Dave Robertson. I have been your host, Adam Cousins. Until next time, guys, buckle down, stay safe. We will see you soon. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.